You're listening to a Countout Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Your Dose of Death. As always, I'm Lauren Rosenberg, joined by my illustrious co-host, Michael Servino. Uh, we're really just kind of shooting the shit today. I'm literally recording this at 8.14 my time, which is 9.15 in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Late night hours. Late night hours. We're, we're hustling and bustling only for you guys. Um, there's a lot to talk about in the vein of things because Saturday night, yesterday as of this recording um there was a lot of interesting stuff happening in the world of deathmatch wrestling as a whole we'll get into all that we'll give our takes um incidents 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 seem to be the narrative of yesterday's independent wrestling landscape from a flaming boot to a near concussion or two to um staple boards we'll get into it all because god forbid we have some interesting takes on these and um, and much more, just so you know. Um, I first want to give my um, sincere um, thoughts and prayers to Travis Dykes, um, which gets us into the first thing. If I don't know if any of you have seen or if it hasn't got around yet. It's going to get around this week. Um, Travis Dykes suffered some really serious cuts. Um, for the sake of this episode, if it's going to be on YouTube, I'm not going to show you this because I'm pretty sure it would be taken down in a heartbeat, and I don't want that happening to the network or ourselves. Yeah, we can't show it's Yeah, it's it's very it. it's very very gruesome. Back cut open. Um, it was at TPW with Josh Crane, which, by the way, I, I don't want to talk that poorly about a talent, but in I do not tolerate talent trying to get heat off of a spot that I've been hearing that should have never probably happened. Um, I've heard from numerous sources and people that have um, either watched the show or I've seen clips. They said this spot should have never happened. Do not know why it was even a thing. The match immediately had to be stopped and um, Crane decided to boast about on social media, which again, um, I don't want to talk too poorly about us, but I, I do, I cannot in any good conscience be like, Oh yeah, well done. This is, this is, this took things too far. I think you would agree with the same sentiment. I'm not too sure. Well, this is disgusting. Like straight up. It looked like his, um, his back looks like a piece of meat, like that at a butcher shop. Like, and I don't want to see that stuff. I really don't like, there's a, a limit to what you and I both enjoy. And that might surprise some people because we're, you know deathmatch wrestling fans (laughs) but there is like a a kind of a a line that you don't really cross and i don't really like that stuff and um man like that's gonna permanently really hurt the guy that's all i can i can't support that either and this wasn't this wasn't like oh sakuda did it last week with kasai yeah i was gonna say that was the other thing i was gonna talk about with this sakuda kasai did almost virtually the same kind of thing and a different variation and no one's talking about that. It's like, oh, Sakuna got really nasty cuts, 
But it's not Kasai's fault. But I feel like Sakuda went into it like with a lot of experience and knowledge. Yeah, like he understands. I don't think this guy maybe understood the ramifications of doing something like that, or maybe he wasn't told. I I mean, I haven't really heard of him that much. So I I would err on the side of he's probably kind of green, right? Well, so Travis Dykes, I had heard, he's been wrestling for about 15 years. So, and he had done death matches before. Josh Crane, of course, um, has had stints in BJW and has been around. Uh, Many of uh, people, people know him as the guy who teams with Dale Patrick's with the young dragons. So he's been around, both guys have been around, but um, just last night was something that should have never happened. And again, we've seen death matches where there's a lot of hack and slash kind of stuff. But if, but if I'm being told that Travis Dykes was in absolute pain and telling people on social media that this probably should have never happened, and this is the first match in his career where it's had had been stopped by a referee, not by anything else. Like that, yeah, that, that doesn't no, look man. good in any sense of the word. And I mean, again, I'm trying really hard to be as constructive about this, but it, it just this, there's there's a line that was crossed last night, and for, and then and again, this is going to make the death match community look bad, and which is unfortunate. And me and you trying to be ambassadors of a more positive deathmatch community and we see stuff like this it just kind of hurts yeah you can't defend that and like this takes no skill to do something like that i'm sorry like the sakuda kasai incident it's not really an incident they like did like a a power bomb off the top rope like Mm -hmm. and then there was some really good wrestling in that match like this was just like i'm gonna swing and hurt the guy so no they're not the same and uh it's just and um there has been some very strong social media responses to this. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, certain promoters have even chimed in on this. And I think that tells more of a story than just the incident itself and the ramifications. The ramifications are going to be very high for this. And I think um, this isn't a work. I just want to put that out there. I know there's with wrestling, there's supposed to be a suspension of belief and Sometimes things are shoot or work. This is not a work. This is real life. And I mean, luckily I've seen on social media, Travis is feeling better. He's getting a lot of support from wrestlers and fans alike. Um, and we send our support to Travis because um, again, this is a spot that should have not happened. Um, have staples this, ever been used like that? I haven't really. I've ne- this is the first time I've really seen staples. That's what I'm saying. Like, did they know this would happen? No, I, I, just, right, like, I, I think I don't, I don't, I don't want to insult TPW. Right? Again, we should put this out there. We should, we should probably do this as an intro every time. Our opinions are not associated with any promotion. Our, our, um, the words that we say here and now are not affiliated or we are not being paid by anyone to say these things. This is just two guys who are fans of the genre putting their two cents to everything. and um tpw I, I don't know who made that weapon or who or what but give or take this is a really really bad situation that could have probably been a lot worse this is how athletic commissions get involved exactly i mean look there's already athletic commissions out there in um maryland in kentucky in missouri and a lot of these certain places that if they see this they're going to be like, yeah, this this kind of stuff is not happening in our... That's ammo for, like, 
no, don't come to our state, you know? Yeah, basically. Yeah, and that sucks because there's some good stuff out there. Dude, there's some great stuff in this in this genre, but there's some terrible stuff too. Yeah, we, we have, I think me and you have both seen our fair share of life or death incidents, of course. I mean, we could go all day about that, but we're not. But yeah, in, in the meantime, I just want to get my best wishes of Travis Dykes. For sure. Um, wish him the best in recovery. Take the time you need, man. I know you've been doing this for 15 years, and this is the first time, as he put out, in 15 years he's ever had a ref stop a match of his, which Jeez. is, which, I mean, he's had good marks. It seems like he's a guy who's had good marks with people, but unfortunately, um, I'll just say, I mean, this is some goof goof stuff. As someone, some outlaw mud but, show stuff. As yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, that's another guy, but we're not going to get into that because God forbid. Um, but anyways, I just want to get that out of the way because um, that's something that I believe is going to be a hot topic for maybe the next week or so. So yeah, want to sure. get that. Um, then also, of course. In- incident um, two. Yeah. Incident uh, two. Incident two. And then um, the other kind of incident, of course, we're talking about um, GCW. LA um the big story coming out of that of course is none other than everyone's favorite um New Jersey resident Joey Janela doing a flaming super kick to Drew Parker which by the way won the match I don't want that to be overshadowed here um Joey Janela did a super kick with a flaming boot to Drew Parker and unfortunately it seemed Joey suffered a few burns that that fire was not going out um I'm going to say this about this spot. And I think there will be people who will say the fire spots are unnecessary. I'd say probably because if you're not, if you don't know how you're going to do them, and if you're not going to practice enough to do them and you're just doing it on a whim, it's almost 95% of the time, not going to go well. I, I don't, I don't really like them. I just like, I mean, we've seen flaming tables on TV. We've seen, um flaming elbow pads from schlack for years we've seen a lot of stuff here and there with fire but i just if most fire spots are not going to go the way you want it's so uncut i have a friend who's a deathmatch wrestler sadie suicide okay um and she's like really into like fire like fire breathing okay yeah trained at it and she told me that whenever like somebody says like I want to do a fire spot and she's like involved in the conversation, she'll like be like absolutely not, don't do it because it's so unpredictable and dangerous and like that's her years of experience and like that's you know it's true it's it's so unpredictable and I've you've seen I've seen fire go wrong so many times uh, I have to um... but but I will say this people that are like really on Janela right now uh, and GCW saying it's like a mud show and. Why would they even try something like this? Well, you know who does this all the time uh, and everybody loves it? Who watches this? Uh, Keno from Pro Wrestling Noah. Oh, uh, he literally yeah. lights his, uh, this is his spot basically that he does. He, does, he did it to the great Muda, um, all these guys over there. And um, usually once he kicks the person, the, the, the foot pad goes out it, um, or he yeah. just kind of pats it out. Like it's, so maybe they, like, they saw that and they thought, it would just go well, out. Well, I mean, the force again, it. yeah, I think that's kind of, it seemed like that was the intention. But, um, I mean, I'm just going to go back to another infamous fire spot that happened last year with J.J. Uh, I knew Allen you were going to say this one. Because 
the one thing that absolutely blows my mind for some reason or another is these guys who think they can do these flame spots, especially professional, uh, so-called professional stuntman. And then it com- like it gets more and more worse. And you're sitting there, it's like, where's a fire extinguisher? Like, yeah, aren't that most, was disturbing. Aren't most public buildings supposed to have a fire extinguisher? Like, if you know they were going to do something like this, at least have a same. I, I will say, though, I appreciate the fans who threw water bottles in there to help Joey. Out. And, and Lauderdale w- came in there with the save. Um, like, Brandon. and I think it's it's interesting how, uh, I will say, and I, again, I don't want to dig on anybody, but this is just what I've seen through years of supporting Joey Janela. The Joey Janela heat on the internet wrestling community is some of the most appalling stuff I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they're t- dude, it's like they get, think it's cool, no. so it's the cool thing to do to hate on Joey. You get one of three things. You get the people who are absolutely positively anti-Janela to the core. Mm-hmm. And then like a few weeks later, nothing, it's like nothing. You get the people too, you get the people who are like, oh, anti-GCW this, this is another one against GCW, Brett Lauderdale should be out of business. And then number three, you get a combination of the two, which is the most destructive. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is not good. It is – and some of these fans, I, I could bet you 10 bucks that probably most of these fans who comment on it could probably not run a wrestling promotion in their life. Well, yeah, I would also say, like, they probably don't watch the product. No, they don't. They just – because – this is something that I think me and you have had a conversation about before, but GIF wrestling has become the dominant norm in today's society because there's so much wrestling going on that it's not easy yeah. to watch this. Watch ECW at 10 at night, 10 at night here, 11 at your time, or watch like AIW uh, at like eight in the evening here, nine at your time. Yeah. Like, People rely on these little clips to get them by, and there's people like yourself who do them productively, and then there's people who are just like, "This sucks. This is terrible. This is." And it's like, I bet you you probably didn't watch any of the show, and you just saw this, and you just impulsively reacted. And again, I- I'm trying not to dig here, but no, people like that. Selective, are bad, sele- bro. You can, you can. It's do selective. That. It's selective thinking like that. That is gonna that is gonna take wrestling back ten years in the business. It's just such a negative thing to do. It's like I think it's so toxic. Like I, I kind of feel for Joey because um, I get this all all the time, and I might not do like gifts, but I do short clips. Yes, you people do short are clips. so negative sometimes, and I'm not gonna mention any names, but like I, you know, I've like done wrestlers before, and they're like upset about it because there's like so many people that. Well, it's getting a lot of likes, and if a video goes viral, there's so many people like this sucks. You're on train. Like, if you don't like it, just like just shut up. Like, exactly. Yo, I do not go onto forums or uh, the internet and like talk about stuff that I don't like. Like, I don't. I've never done that. I think it's weird. Like, if you don't like it, then just don't talk about it. Yeah, That's it's my theory for it's, everybody it's, out there. It's funny that we've we've had this conversation hundreds of times by this point, and um, it just. It amazes me the kind of and it, like I'm gonna say this as well. If this was any other independent wrestler, if this was even Drew Parker doing that spot, th- there would be very little talk about it. Yeah, they'd feel, I'd probably feel bad for him. 
they feel bad. Oh, poor Drew. Oh, this is his first one. This, that. I'm like, and I feel bad for Drew as well because he went with it. This was a situation out of his hands. And he won the match. He had an awesome last spot. He did a swat on an awful ladder. No one's talking about that. Barbed wire. A bar, yeah, like he folded the barbed wire and Joey. Joey took that like a champ. But no, we're talking about the flaming boot that everyone gets so mad about. And I'm just like, I get it. It wasn't that bad. I mean, I know people will say, oh, GCW, more mud show. And, oh, the other one, they'll just snitch tag a few certain um, revered wrestling personalities. Yeah, dude, I, I delete. When that happens, I block the person and I delete the comment. Yeah. Not, on my, not happening on King's Road. Not happening. Not happening with me either because no. that's ridiculous. Um, this is a little PSA I want to put out. But fans, please stop. For the love of God, please. I'm sorry I'm going to say this. Stop tagging A, B, C wrestling personalities towards certain spots you don't like. It does nothing for you. You are not getting the attention you deserve. You are just a fan. You are a fan. I'm sorry. I had to say that because it just, it is, it is grinding my gears for years where someone's like, someone sees a death match spot. And then they're like, oh, I got to go on Twitter and tag. I wonder what he would think of this. Yeah, I want to know what he thinks of this. He probably doesn't care. He has a wife and a a, a life. Wife and a life that has been very much the epitome of a lot of conversation. But (laughs) if you know who we're talking about, congratulations. If you don't know, well, I'm sorry. You just don't. Yeah, I feel like they know. (laughs) They know. They know. I, I don't care. I just had to say that because it's just. It is some of the most destructive and least. Con- yeah. Go outside, touch grass, you know, oh, go, go for outside, a walk. go on a walk, yeah. <laughs> live life. Get off Twitter for an hour, you know, yeah, it'll be good it, for everybody. It'll, it'll benefit you, but no, the Joey stuff. And I will say the other thing that I've been seeing, this is more recent. We just talked about off recording is the, the so-called major promotion fans who want to um, tag the promoter and tag, he will say, I will not tolerate this as a major fan of the promotion. And your profile picture is of someone that is not you. I don't know about you, but that's just... um, No credibility for me. None. Like, I get it, you want to complain, fair but this was like i'm i want to speak to the manager kind of ordeal and I, I that's not cool to me i'm sorry that just Dude, what vince mcmahon himself was uh i know he did an interview with pat mcafee yeah he was like, i don't pay attention to any of those people online like that's probably good advice that, i i am not the biggest vince mcmahon fan but that is some of the best advice you could give yeah. anybody i mean the guy's been doing it for a while <laughs> I think he I, probably was one of the greatest heels to ever be in the business. He is, mm-hmm. he was the heel. So I do respect him that, but man, that is some good advice. So anyways, yeah. that's the Joey Janela stuff. I mean, good, good for Parker though. No, I, I'm, I'm so happy. Drew. I'm, I'm happy Drew's back here. He's got a really awesome set of matches. This was only number one. I'm really excited for the Aras match. If you guys know me outside the death match world, 
Arez is one of my favorite luchadors. Yeah, he's in. awesome. I met him at Hammerstein. Super cool dude. He is really nice. I I met him as well at VXS, uh, and that's the promotion they're wrestling for. So shout out yeah. to Isaac and VXS. Um, y'all should order that on fight. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I'm gonna order that because that show talked about, but that lucha extrema with Drew is gonna be absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Uh, and then we got Parker participating, obviously, in the big term uh, survival again. And of course, uh, the other thing before that, Vegas with um yeah. and Rini Yamashita teaming for the first time ever, which is very interesting against team um. How do I put this team? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out a good way to it's Alex Colon and Jean Murdoch are team together. It's team teamwork. I almost want to say team teamwork. Can they coexist? Can they coexist? Obviously, they're not gonna coexist. No, it's it's gonna be fun watching that completely disintegrate before our very two eyes. But yeah. you know, man, I um, love I love uh Rena and Drew. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, that's gonna be really fun. But yeah, it's like I love the Murdoch was on Twitter. He's like, hey Brett. How can you do this to me? <laughs> and I'm like, as a joke, I was like, I put a gift. I was like, I don't like teamwork. And I'm like, hey, is this you? <laughs> Dude, it's gonna be great for um it's gonna be a know, great advantage. The hardcore deathmatch community that like everyone picks their sides, Cologne or Murdoch. Now they're gonna be together. That's kind of cool. It's actually it's like, um, a good idea. I'm just gonna say this, and all you Twilight fans can come at me later, but Alex. Team Alex or Team John Wayne Murdoch is better than Team Jacob and Team Edward. Just yeah, saying. That, that's true. Just saying. I know there are Twilight fans that listen to my show, but y'all, Team uh, Team Alex or Team John Wayne—that's the real battle in 2022. Um, yeah, and of course TOS—he's announced first round against Cole Radrick. Um, just kind of a recap. Um, so Drew Parker versus Cole Radrick was announced for TOS round one. Rini Yamashita versus Hoodfoot was the other round, first round. And of course, if you want the rest of the details of TOS, head on over to our last episode where we kind of fully go into the coverage of it. <coughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. but of course, there's still two more first rounders. Um, and uh, one thing we didn't cover much, and I should apologize for this, we didn't cover the Deathmatch Hall of Fame inductions. Okay. Um, and um, of course, if you guys are curious, um, this is probably one of my favorite classes. I mean, last year's was really good, but this might trump it. This is like CZW to the This mass. is literally like CZW, IWA, Mid-South at its finest. Yeah, this is awesome. I mean, you had Toby Klein, you have Wife Beater, you have um JC Bailey, which um for us Midwest Deathmatch fans, JC was really the first guy to break out. I mean, if you really want to go that deep, Danny Havoc, because he's he's telling a cylinder Iowa transplant. Yeah. But I mean, JC really represented the Midwest Deathmatch scene so well. So I'm so happy to see JC getting his flowers here. A guy I never thought. This was even possible, to be honest. I mean, he was he was a Indianapolis, I believe he was an Indianapolis, Indiana kid. Yeah. So, um, and um, so those are the three. Um, if you're curious, um, Matt and Pondo's inducting JC Bailey. They got deranged to induct um deranged to induct Toby Klein. And um I'm trying to remember who's inducting wife beater. Oh, Nick Mondo. Sick Nick Mondo is a okay. life beater. 
and I of got course, VIP for that. I did too. Um, I believe tickets are still on sale for the Hall of Fame. VIP is fun. If you haven't done it before, it's fun. You get to sit with a couple of wrestlers, maybe even someone from the Hall of Fame class. You never yeah. know. And you just get to have a good time, some drinks, just have fun. I had um, I was sitting with Effie and Jimmy Loy last year. Shout out, Effie. And um, thank you for instilling my love of Diet Coke. Thank you. Um, I know me and him had a whole discussion about Diet Coke. It was so great. Good. Yeah, right. I'm a Diet Coke guy too. So yeah, I will. it's great. Um, but, <laughs> but no, it was fun last year. And um, this year's going to be no different. And then, of course, COS, um, John Wayne Murdoch, Alex Cologne in the cage. Cardona returning to the show. Cardona, Lufisto versus Masha, which I'm really excited about. I've been, I hope they death it up. No, Lufisto ain't a death match lady, but she she's is. Done, she's done a few spots. She's done a few spots, but I think for me, that's just going to be a pure match that is just going to really be awesome. Lufisto, Lufisto is truly one of the greatest women to have ever been in an independent wrestling ring, honestly. Mm-hmm. I've seen some such amazing matches with her. And then, of course, I mean, if you know from Shimmer, because Dave Prezak, the brain mind behind Shimmer, for all us Illinois people, we can brag about the great Dave Prezak. Um, I know it's not a death match, stuff, but as, as an Illinois wrestling fan, Dave Prezak did so much for women's wrestling in general. One of the greatest minds in wrestling. I don't care where he's been or what he's done. Like Dave Prezak is an amazing mind mm-hmm. for professional wrestling. I mean, this guy was in Mid South managing CM Punk. That is how long his line- lineage has gone. He just did a promo for them too. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he's he did a thing for IW Mid South. I mean, he is he has benefited so much from being in Mid South. I mean, I remember his um. Hall, independent wrestling hall of fame speech that i was at after punk basically told him to go ian rodden on the crowd um dave was like i know ian ron definitely has a reputation but there is not a greater mind one of the greater minds in wrestling than ian rodden so yeah we love that dude. ian's the man uncle ian i always call him uncle ian so um, probably the greatest indie promoter ever <laughs> man he's up there 19 there's no one that's been doing it for 26 years yeah that's something that has always crossed yeah. my mind it's like czw went up but they're back question mark and yet ian rod is still running strong whether it's in jeffersonville indiana indianapolis or running king of the death matches with 24 guys and 12 women he's done it all and i mean he deserves credit for that so yeah, I mean, he deserves his flowers I, I would uh put him in the hall of and that either the indie or either hall of either fame. i mean yeah and also mind you he was one of the first american wrestlers to really bring deathmatch to a modern platform in ecw the taipei deathmatch him and Dude, Axel. Like, honestly a lot of stuff is because of him yeah, yeah it like, really he, yeah. he kind of is i know we we've talked i know aew fans love to brag that Don Callis was the invisible hand. But to me, Ian Ron was the invisible hand of independent wrestling. Yeah, dude. He like I feel like you could thank Ian for like punk, really. A lot of a lot of laughs. Punk, punk really got his start with IWA, but then Punk really elevated himself in Ring of Honor. And of course, I should just give kind of a shout out to Sean Taggart, of course, the host of 
pure, the introspective, uh, unofficial Ring of Honor podcast for the Countout Network. He is a, I know he's been going through some stuff. Um, want to wish him the best in the return of Pure very soon. But anyways, um, yeah, really punk IWA to Ring of Honor to WWE to AEW is it with an MMA stint here and there. Um, he's he's evolved. But anyways. That's we're now going so off topic. I don't even care anymore. So yeah, sorry about everyone. No, no, that's fine. You know what? Uh, we'll keep it all on, as we say. It's it's no holds bar, baby. Um, then um, I want to get into the show that you were at and officially uh-huh. sponsoring. H two O presented Tremont's Death Match Tournament Number Two. This time, a tag team death match tournament. Um, this looks. This, I will say this out of H2O's deathmatch tournament attempts, this might have been the best one from yeah. the from the actual deathmatch tournament they did with Jimmy Chando winning, Jimmy Chando Lion winning to um the first iteration of Tremont's deathmatch tournament to this. This was a really well done tournament. I like that the stiffs were not as outrageous in the beginning. It made you wait. For all the goodies, mm-hmm. um, but they even, did incorporate uh, some glass into the preliminary round. So they I, did. I, that was a big complaint of mine. You guys know, know me in the in the glass. I love it. So um, I will say, out of the first round matches, I think the best match. And I know um, I was telling, I was on the kind of Discord having kind of a watch along with people. Um, Just Moss is still very newish. But her and Declan versus Louie and Bam was probably the best yeah. match of round one. I also liked Mitch Ballin and Oh yeah, Mitch and um Anthrax versus Schlack and dude, he got uh, the Storm of Entrails, so yeah. Bro. Uh like he got sliced on his cheek. And oh he had wow. A deep gash and he had his lip cut open. Like oh the, man, jeez. Um, and I also like it wasn't really it was kind of more hardcore oriented than deathmatch. Yeah. But I, I thought the Austin Luke Kennedy Copeland uh, like ladder match with Lucky and Dylan that was yeah. sick, bro. That was a yeah. Good match. I thought that was more of a hardcore match, but I will say this: they're really Austin's really good. Austin Austin's good, but my group we had a bit of a few gripes. I think for one, Kennedy and Austin could really benefit from a wardrobe change. I think doing the same gear as heels just kind of I don't know. I can't take them as seriously. Like, they're good. Don't get me wrong. But, like, if they wore, like, black pants or a different kind of gear, looking yeah, more yeah. evil, I could really get into them. And I think Austin is, one of, again, one of the cornerstones. Um, but that match got really rough the last minute. The, the failed twisting suplex onto the ladder that put knocked out Kennedy, it looked like. Um, Austin Luke got a concussion, I think, from the Lucky 13 stomp. Sorry, I posted that and that went. I got a lot of views. Did that? Oh, I didn't man. even know that he got hurt from that. Uh, well, he wasn't out at the end of the show, so and on commentary and on commentary, they're like, "Oh, I think Austin Luke has a concussion." So that's what I was under the impression of. But I mean, that was good match, but very rough at the end, very rough around the edges. Yeah, I like these people and everything. So, um, so you know, I feel bad if they get hurt, but like, it was cool because it was so brutal you know what I it mean? was it was a brutal match yeah. um also chris bradley and um 
Christian Ross. Christian Ross. They won the they went on and won the tournament. Of course, they kind of flash back to Storm of Entrails versus Ross and Bradley at the, the infamous Atlantic City show that has um now lived forever in infamy in H2O history, as we should put it. Well, this main event dude was sick. Like I um was ringside shooting for this. What what was the stip they called it again? It was like a light, like light tubes everywhere and something. Yeah, it was like a lights everywhere, something like that. Yeah, it was this an was interesting stip. Overwhelming. <laughs> this was crazy. Like this was if you craziest. guys go back and watch this show, you can see Mike literally fending for his life. Yeah, I, I didn't corner. know what I was doing. It was scary. Like it was literally the minute everybody started, it was a four way elimination tag team deathmatch tournament with a ton of glass and it was just flying everywhere they had schlack in the match whenever you have schlack in it's it's crazy it was like uh it was just an all-out war train wreck type match and i at one point didn't know where to go because i was up against the ring and right next to me was dan o'hare with a shopping cart of two <laughs> to the left of me was schlack bleeding out and then the fans were really like standing up on their feet so i couldn't go run into the crowd so i just like crouched down and kind of like just covered my eyes and i was just bombarded tube after tube after tube yeah that was... into me got blood all over me <laughs> um and i was like oh my god and then i i ran uh to try to get towards tj uh shout out to tj brown jr of tj yeah, and, and um that. i slipped on the glass because it was so hot in the venue so i just oh, no. uh, yeah and and i just didn't know what to shoot there was way too much going on and it was nuts dude but i came away thinking Bradley and Ross, I like a lot. Bradley's the, Bradley is the man, dude. Like the ending spot, which you guys can see. On the IW3, ladder die was awesome. He went through. I counted twenty, a bundle of twenty tubes. He went wow. elbow drop. It was it was dope. And then they missed. Then they uh, Matt. Okay, so you want to know how crazy this match was? Everybody out there, Tremont was the ref, and he was gushing blood. Yeah. <laughs> so the referee was even bleeding. Well, yeah. that, but that's because at the end of the match, when Mouse came out with a bundle and bashed him over the head with it, and I'm just saying there, I'm like, I, I do like the faction. I know there are some people out there who are kind of like a little iffy about it, but I like the direction the faction was going with Ross, Bradley, Luke, Kennedy, and Mouse. And Mouse has always been a, a stalwart of factions in h2o um and i did see a bunch of hate for mouse and i was just like really like i think they're saying for a rematch with mouse and Tream on it if i actually personally enjoyed the match with um mouse and Tream on it was that no real barbed wire match they did at h2o i thought mouse had the best sell job of any wrestler that Tream had ever wrestled I like he mouse. was selling everything and like, you don't have to be that great of a wrestler to understand, like, that selling is so important because you're trying to suspend reality with these matches. If you can sell just a little bit, it goes a far way, and Mouse can do that. Mm-hmm. Tremont's a great seller, too. You know, he's like the Tremont's one of the greatest sellers in independent wrestling. In my yeah, way. he's money at it. He's so good at, at selling. But I thoroughly... Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this. This was a, an awesome show. Like this felt like uh, there was a couple people out there that were like, "Man, that felt like a Howell show," especially the end. Like, just yeah, that that chaos, was a very know? chaotic main event from a TV standpoint. It's like, oh wow, this is really good. And then I'm just like thinking to myself, "Well, my friends are absolutely getting pelted with glass and whatnot." I pulled out a piece from my foot. 
I know that's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not safe for work, ladies and gentlemen. But we'll we'll go with it. No, um, no more van slip-ons. Oh man, bro, what are you doing? Grosso and TJ wore flip-flops, so. Oh yeah, they're nutty. <laughs> but anyways, um, that was a good fun show. To me, it was the best deathmatch. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. They've done um really good i mean it wasn't as much of a story at that final that final there was zero storytelling as, as it was very not like h2o but i mean when you're in a fatal four-way elimination with all the light tubes you probably have gotten in the world story is going to take a back seat it's going to mm-hmm. take a back seat so um that was very chaotic i love that um and yeah, I mean that was really a good one. Um, I, I do. I I think all, actually all the first round matches were pretty good for the most part. Um, I just think I think that Declan Grant finally had a real coming out moment this tournament. I think his H2O title run has been somewhat a little lackluster. They've given us some really odd stories as well. It just they don't hit. But I think his I think his presence in this tournament was really benefited. Yeah, I, I actually like came up. I like I like him now. Him and I Jess, think. him and Jess are a good heel couple. And I mean, Jess took some. Bumps. Yeah, Jess took some really nasty bumps in this one. I felt because um, I had said before, Jess Moss was kind of a little green, but I felt like Lou. You have people in there like Louie and Bam and Schlack. They're all like, you know what? Let's 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 take you through the real ringer here. So it almost felt like her coming out party taking a crap ton of bumps. Dylan McKay too for the deathmatch. Uh like and I feel like this was kind of a deathmatch coming out moment for I, I thought he did very well. I think I, I think did. the story of him and Lucky's been very good too. They're like, a good team, man. They they went from being opponents when um I believe Jimmy Lloyd couldn't make it to an HO show. Dylan stepped up did the match for the day having hardcore title looked good coming out of that. Then they became tag team partners. And I will say that Pele kick McKay did on the ropes was absolutely awesome. Up yeah, with the dude, tube. Dude. That couldn't have been any well. better. Um, so and yeah, Lucky is good, man. I, I am he's always Lucky. been good. Yeah. Um, so, um, Anything else? I mean, I know you want to talk about freedoms and give your takes on that. I, I didn't get to peek at these, um, but I know that they had their big show at Yokohama, um, which had no glass involved. But of course, Kasai and Sakuda still managed to make headlines. Um, I know Toru and um, whoever he was facing was a very interesting stipulation. Who did he face? Ueki? No, Toru faced um, Masaoka for the belt. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, and then I, the other thing, Ueki got hurt. Yeah, that he show, and he's out for at least three to six months. And Rina teamed against Rina Yamashita. Who was she with? And they faced ERE. 
Oh, um, I have everything. Oh, Fujita, Nora Fujita. Okay, who I'm a fan of. I think um, it's Fujita because I know they always team in freedoms. Okay, so I just got done watching um, uh, the Junkastai Sakuda match, and uh, that was really brutal. Uh, so we talked uh, about it in the beginning, um, but yeah. uh, that was. You know they had a they had a butcher's knife board oh, um, and That's... a safety pin board with literally like a thousand safety pins on it. It uh, was not... that safety pin board looked absolutely horrid. It was horrible. Yeah, I don't know. Like man, Sakuda's a sick puff. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I watched um, the Masoka Sugira match, which was pretty solid as well, but no glass. Um, yeah, it's it seemed like I mean I will say this, and I saw the ticket sales for both BJW and Freedoms. BJW managed to actually get a decent crowd at Yokohama, but they're more like hybrid. They do a lot of different stuff. And for them, death matches haven't been the priority. So for them, they can easily draw 1,800 there. But for Freedoms, had probably the lowest draw. It was only like 700 or so. Yeah, the Big Japan ran the day after um, everybody. And, you know, that's when we had Parker, uh, uh, Yuko Miyamoto for the belt. Which was good. It just looked like a bigger, it looked more, it looked like a bigger crowd and more poly. Yeah. Um, and that they had a scaffold gusset match type. Yeah. Was the scaffold gusset played bat match. And I mean, I think what the restrictions that they were given, I think both of them did really well. I mean, it, it again, it seems like the BJW contingent, it's not really about the death matches for them anymore. And it seems, I mean, I, I, we, I'm still kind of baffled at, BJW's decision to put the bell on Drew Parker less than a week or about a week or really it was less than a week before he was already going to go to the States. Dude, and yeah, like we were talking just, about this the last podcast, like how, like are they going to do it? Well, they didn't because he won against um, uh, Ishikawa in a, in a very vintage Drew and Ishikawa match. Very well done. Yeah, it was a good match. I, I thought, I thought though like Ishikawa, like is a guy they could rely on. Like if Drew's leaving, it was their young ace. Then you could have put Ishikawa in that same spot, and they didn't do that. No, and they they he came out, he won the match, and I was like, okay, that, that's winning, good. Cool. He's gonna bring the belt to the U.S. and no. then took to Twitter and said, I vacated the belt. That made Ishikawa look bad. Why couldn't he just win then? You know? Yeah, it's just I I, I don't get it, and I know there was supposed to be some match for the deathmatch belt. I don't even exactly know what it is. Like Ishikawa, Miyamoto, Ito. I think it's like basically like their entire deathmatch division, like some six-person match. Okay. I don't even know anymore. I mean, I want to cover the internationals as much as I can, but this, it's just hard when you're getting results like this and you're getting just some really silly results. Yeah, um, I tend to find myself um, watching a lot of old Big Japan, and and uh, I like Freedoms, but the old Big Japan stuff, I don't think you could top that. So the, there's and they're on they're on YouTube. A lot of them, um, illegal, yeah, they are, uh, which we don't endorse, but you know you could find them, and they're you can't just, find them. And I mean, it's so much it's so much better than like the stuff that's now, going you know? on now. I mean, I will say Freedoms is really the deathmatch company in Japan yeah, that's been yeah. proven over the last few years. I do like I do do have a lot of love for Big Japan though. So I mean Big I hope Japan they find some 
I hope they find some young stars. Uh, yeah. Um, which will probably get another Edo title reign. Yep, old man Edo title reign. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I've, I've been predicting that. But anyways, um, I know also I should probably put out um, DMDU is doing their version of war games called the Great Emu Wars War Game. War War Game. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting yeah and um it's the great emu war games june 18th there it'll of course probably be a few weeks before it comes here it's the anti-deathmatch party versus like team dmdu which is consisting of like joel bateman callan butcher damian rivers mad dog and then uh returning to the ring for the very first time in years um they're not the czw lobo but Australia's own Lobo is going to be returning. And I saw the last show and he came out and um, I talked to Joel about it. Like him and Callum were trying to hold back the tears because Lobo was a big reason why a lot of the Australian deathmatch scene happened. So it's kind of a huge deal in Australia deathmatch wrestling that he's back. Mm -hmm. And again, to not confuse anybody is not CZW's Lobo. It's not the same guy, different guy. So gimmick, gimmick, gimmick aside, um, that is a big one. Um, as always, give a sh- always got to give a shot to DMDU. Um, they have also Melee at the Paley, which is a makeup. Um, that one, I think, is just going to be kind of more of a normal show. But I do see Vixen and Will Walker advertised, so maybe they have a death match. I don't know. Um, but it just looks really... Um, um, that's just um, that's what's going on there. Um, of course, Joel Bateman's coming back to the U.S. Um, here starting at the end of June, going to the beginning of July. Um, let me just see here um, for those of you who are curious. Um, starting June 25th, or no, he'll be Thursday, Friday, the 23rd, 24th. He'll be at Sean Henderson Presents. Um, in at the HO Center, of course. Um, Sean Henderson, a former YDOD alumni. Um, then the 26th, he'll be at No Holds Bar, ICW No Holds Bar in Newark, New Jersey. Then he'll be back at the HO Center um, s- Sunday, the 26th, um, for Dropkick Depression. So he's been booked on Tara Calloway's show. And then, of course, gets a little bit of a break. Then July 1st and July 2nd, he'll be on the Deathmatch Circus slash RPW shows. And then for those of you who are going to be in town, um, 4th of July weekend in Brooklyn, he will be at the New Fear City show Sunday, July 3rd. Oh, yeah. So, um, and Mark want, show. Yeah, I believe so. Um, so, yeah, July 3rd. It's the 4th of July, like their little 4th of July show. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a good tour again. Joel Bateman has been great. Um, I believe um, No Holds Barred is going to be facing Casey Kirk, which, by the way, um, shots of the Kirks for a hell of a match at the last No Holds Barred. Hands down was the best match of the night. Um, that psycho driver that, that Brandon does on the chairs is officially yeah, probably one of my favorite spots in the world. Yeah, it's dope. It is, it is absolutely insane. Casey has been on a killer run, killer Casey Give her the flowers. Give her the bell. I don't care. No holds barred has single-handedly found lightning in a bottle with Casey Kirk 
Um, that's going to be fun with her and Joel. Um, but of course, I believe also she's um, Joel's facing Colby Carino one night. Um, I believe also um, he's facing John Wayne Murdoch the second of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, I believe, he's also faced. I think he might be facing Eric Ryan for the belt night one. I don't know. He might be getting his rematch. Uh, but also, yeah, he's going to be on an RPW show, but he's going to be around. Um, want to thank him for putting the Yurdos of Death logo on this um, tour shirt that I can't show just yet. But um, I got the message from Joel that I'm going to be on it, along with um, Darren McCarty, which is kind of an absolute honor to be next to, to have my podcast logo, to have our podcast logo next to Darren McCarty. It's kind of crazy uh, world we live in. So, but yeah, Joel's going to be back soon. Um, Callum Butcher and Dixon are going to be here soon enough for King and Queen of the Death match, respectively. Um, there's just a lot of stuff going on. Um, we talked about a lot today, uh, but of course, um, if you guys still want to make sure you're updated on GCW Terminal Survival and King of the Death match, feel free to watch, listen to the last episode. Um, but yeah, we got a lot done. In yeah, a day's work. a lot. I, I didn't even there's, realize it until there, now. There is a lot always to talk about with us, my friend. I mean, we we can fill an hour faster uh-huh. than we can even do. I guess, and... dude. So I guess to close it off, I'll go with a few match recommendations. Okay, got it. Obviously, the main event from H two O this weekend. I you know go check that out. We talked about it for quite a bit. Um, I also enjoyed Schlack versus Murdoch and No Holds Barred in Boston. That was I thought that was a, a really cool like train wreck. It match. was good for me. But I, liked but I will say this: I get nervous when Schlack lifts someone because that was absolutely horrifying. That lift, like at the end, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah that that could have gone a lot worse. I'm glad it didn't. But man. Oh, Man, but it was boy. it was uh, it was like a chaotic match. It was it's chaotic, and I like that. But like the ending that, itself, like just kind of oh boy, made made me a little nervous. Made him a little nervous. We'll go. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, then uh, I got two more. I uh-huh. like um, the Eric Ryan versus uh, the, face the at uh, no at um, XPW. Oh, it was Lucky 13. He faced that Lucky. Was that was sick. Uh, so shout out to both of them. That was a really cool no-ring match. And I also liked um, all, all of Big Joe's performances in uh, the Rise Underground Outlaw Cup. The so out- um, oh, yeah, Outlaw Cup. Uh, Big Joe and Outlaw Cup was great. I got to say, though, another guy who doesn't get enough respect and a guy I've really become a fan of is Lou Nixon. Lou effing Nixon, get on that dude's bandwagon. It is crazy. Like we've seen like professional fighters get into wrestling, but we've never seen a guy like Lou Nixon be like, "Oh, hey, I'm a professional fighter, but I also love just being glass." And you're just like saying, "I watched him and Donnie Darko." That was the match I was going to say was a great one. What those two had a hell of a match. Um, absolutely wild. Lou Nixon and Cologne also had a hell of a match. That was good. Um, it's just Rise Outlaw Cup. If you haven't seen this, it's gonna be on Smart Mark, I believe. Um, 
And I want to thank Big Joe for um, getting me a copy as well. I just want to—he's a longtime listener of the show, and good friend. Um, thank you for giving me a copy. And um, really fun show. Um, I know it's been said around before, but Rise might be like the new Zone of Twenty Three. Mm-hmm. The real high risk, the real danger in death matches again. I mean, there are fans like hugging the the aprons and right up against the ropes. And it's really punk. And I talked to Joe about it one time. He's like, punk as fuck. And I'm just like, man, I've been the subject of near getting glass. Like, just be careful. I mean, I, I love when fans get up and get involved, but just be careful with flying glass. Trust me. me trust both of us when we, come, yeah. we go to these shows. It doesn't do, feel good. does not feel good. So, um, But, you know, yeah, shout out to um, Rise for an awesome show. I'm excited to see what they do next. I mean, they have a good base, a good foundation of guys there. I mean, Joe... Lou, Lou, um, Clint Margera always has been a perennial favorite. Um, and then you bring in guys like Alex Cologne who love that, um, the international scene of deathmatch. Um, and, um, Donnie Darko, you had, um, BA Rose was another one who looked who's good. Iceman's son. I think it was that Jack, the I guy with the face beater, Jack Harpo, or something like that. I, I thought remember. it was cool because, dude, those skinny tubes don't give you as much of a pop as the, the big ones in the U.S. So they were swinging them extra hard to make them pop. Yeah, was, it yeah. was it was <laughs> wild. Yeah. Um, and then the end match, of course, with Joe and Cologne was absolutely wild. The, the two of them just went through absolutely everything. So, um, yeah, definitely a good way to end it. Giving shouts a rise and j- definitely go check that show out. I believe it's on Smartmark. Also, I believe. Um, Talk, speaking of British, Kumite or Kumite fight, Kumite combat. Um, combat. Okay, I think their show with Alex Cologne is going to be on IWTV very okay. soon. Um, I know. I think it was Donnie Darko and Alex Cologne was a match. If you've seen the clip of Alex Cologne with the weed whackers to those tubes, looked absolutely horrid. Um, I believe Clint Marger was on the show. That was like in the middle of some like town square, apparently. Yeah, it looks. It looks. It was a beer garden. Yeah, the beer garden, yeah. like middle town square, and um, looks really cool. So another promotion that's on the rise, and they just announced um, Cal Butcher is going to be debuting for them this summer. Okay, as well, I think it's going to be him and Clint Marger for the DMDU Deathmatch Championship in the future. So that's going to be really fun. So definitely a lot to look forward to in the UK scene. Definitely keep an eye on them. Um, so I think kind of to wrap it up though as well, um, just want to give kind of some thoughts. Um, Deathmatch wrestling is something that we all, the, those of us who like it, we like it. It always pains me when I see stuff about incidents and it pains me because it, it, it's a mark against the community and I think it's not a good representation of us. Um, it just, we, we, me and Mike and guys like Stephen A and Alex Stallone and others we 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 put a lot of effort into covering this genre of wrestling and when we see things go wrong and see people start berating it it just kind of it hurts a little because we're putting in such hard work we're putting so like yeah. i'm dead serious we try our best here a year dose of death to cover the genre as best as we can and we see these kind of things and you're just like oh man this again so yeah I mean, 
when you see stuff that you just can't really defend it kind of sucks um it, it just it's just it's very unfortunate so i mean i just want to put that out there i mean um I, I we give our all we 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 come out with episodes bi-weekly we are literally on the ground at shows or watching shows and when we see things like this pop up in our news feeds it, it just it's it's painful it's a little bit painful yeah, so that's, i just wanted to put that out there and i mean um again we're not trying to be mean about this but just be mindful of what's going on in the world um there's a lot going on so i mean with wrestling sometimes things do happen and especially with deathmatch wrestling things can go awry i've seen it happen so many times where a spot just goes wrong and and it just seems like there's this kind of narrow-mindedness that oh this is the one spot that's going to ruin things this is the one spot it's like this has happened before. This is nothing new. One bad accident does not lead to the downfall of an entire genre. Um, I mean, we, we've had, we had the whole thing with a ref cutting his hand. Yeah, I was match. there for that. Yeah, you were there for that. I mean, and I want to give my best wishes to that ref as well because... This is uh, danger wrestling. This, it really this, is. I think people... It's funny... And I don't, I'm sure this has been publicly spoken about was um, David Arquette when he did the Nick Gage death match. He thought it was all gimmicks. He thought it was all a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, saying there, like, I'm like, looking back, um, I'm like, no, this is real life. These are real light tubes. These are, these are stuff you can get at Walmart. This mm-hmm. is stuff. So, I mean, it's real life. You just got to be mindful and be careful of what you're doing out there because, um, me and you, we've never been in the ring and don't plan on it. But, I mean, we've watched enough and seen a fair share where we can analyze the little things like this where um, it just it pains me when I see people berating. And, I mean, it's one of the reasons I started Your Dose of Death. I kind of just got tired of all this negativity. So I started Your Dose of Death because of criticism like that. So, I mean, it's just something that's been on my mind, especially – today so i just want to get that out on mm-hmm. not to end on a sour note i do want you to get your thoughts in for the for this episode what thoughts have been on your mind over the last really two weeks i mean like i would just say and this is always a thought in my head and i think it's a good it's good to think about this that the people that uh do this genre they are they are people you know they um get injured a lot um and it's inherently dangerous what they're doing um and you know like we have a responsibility as fans to respect them to support them um and to just really appreciate the risk that they are putting themselves through for our entertainment uh like when it comes down to it they're not high paying contracts being put out for deathmatch wrestling um you know they're they're doing it for the love of it and to entertain us to make us the fans happy um and they are you know going through a lot to give us that uh and and it is a lot just you know lauren and i are friends with a lot of these uh wrestlers and we hear firsthand the stuff that they're going through after the matches and you know the injuries and all that um it's a lot just to make us happy so you know it is all for the fans and i think that everybody just needs to you know appreciate it If, if a spot goes wrong if somebody gets hurt you know, don't make fun of the people that, and, and don't, you know, try to do all these things to, you know, take shots or, or get, get over 
I think no. the one thing that really is a good way to put it is people trying to get over on their own accord. Yeah, well, don't make fun of the people that, you know, what I'm trying to say is don't make fun of the people if the spots go wrong. Uh, just, you know, uh, just appreciate it, you know, because stuff could go really, really wrong and it does and it happens, you I mean, know. I will say also, I mean, this is a genre of wrestling where people have almost literally lost their life well, doing this. Yeah, 100%. And, and I mean, it's... There has not been a single person that has actually died in a death match, and I hope it stays that way. But it just when people, it's just amazing to me how people can think so little of these people doing this. Like this is what they want to do; it's not what you want to do, and it's their decisions. It's not um, anyone else's. So I mean, just be mindful of that. I mean. Whether you talk to them after a match, whether you buy their merch, take a photo, do whatever, be appreciative of the fact that these guys are doing this. Because, um, not to try to get even more sentimental, but you never know how long they're going to be on the earth. Um, yeah, no, had, I, I, me and you have both had to kind of go through that hardship with certain wrestlers. And I mean, if you know, you know, and if you don't, I mean, there it's. Wrestling is not a profession that everyone's clamoring to be in. I'm going to say that as well. In general, wrestling in general, like not everyone's going to be willing to smack their back on a, on a board uh, like plywood. So, I mean, they're doing it for us, the fans. And I mean, me and Mike, we are fans first. And I've always been that way with this show. We were fans first. Um, Surely journalist second, if you want to call us that. I don't care if you do. Um, but th- this is what we do. This is, we cover this stuff and um, things do go wrong. I've seen it. You've seen it. Yeah. A lot of us have seen it. And I mean, the, the last thing they want to do is check their social media and get berated by a bunch of people who have almost zero idea about the hardships that some of these guys go through. So yeah. I mean, I think that's really a good place to cap it off. I know um, there's always so much to talk about here in your dose of death, but thank you guys um, for listening to this episode and the next episode and the episode beforehand. Um, Next episode after this one, I just want to look at my dates here. It will be right hot after TOS. It'll be hot after TOS. So So we will be doing a recap of terminal survival and everything else happening. Um, I will literally um, might have to push that back because I will have been coming home on a Monday. Yeah, we'll we see about it. it. We'll let it simmer. We'll let it simmer, but just so you guys know, there will be a TOS recap. Um, so anyways, um, thank you guys for listening to th- this episode, and thank you guys for supporting Deathmatch Wrestling and all of wrestling for that matter. Um, from Lauren Rosenberg to Michael Serino to everyone at the Countout Network, um, please go support count out. Um, thank you guys and have a good rest of your day. This has been a Count Out Podcast.